Hi everyone, I'm trying something a little bit different this week. I'm doing an audio only episode and I'm just using my phone. So the audio quality will be a little bit different, but I'm sure it's fine because the content is what is important. And I've listened to tons of great podcast episodes where someone's just chatting on their phone. But I will get back to the video podcast as well because I know that's a completely different experience and for those of you over on YouTube might like to have the visual element. So this week I want to talk about depression because depression often coexists with ADHD. Depression comes under this umbrella that we talk about of being an energy empress. It relates to the energy of our thoughts and very much so the energy of our body and When we look after the five pillars of being an energy empress, that can help us with everything. It helps with depression, it helps with ADHD, it helps with our functioning and our physical energy and everything. So they all tie in together. Now, I was just thinking about depression earlier and I really think there are multiple forms of it. Now, there's obviously a lot of research that goes into depression and I am not a doctor. So this is my little clause to say I'm not a doctor. This podcast is for entertainment purposes only and I'm just sharing my own opinion. So always seek help from a medical professional. But there, there are these different elements of depression and one element is the deficient or dysfunctioning of neurotransmitters. So the things that are going on in the brain. Then we have the element of the things that are going on in the body. The body responds in particular ways. We can look at depression as an evolutionary thing that helps the body slow down the person or animal to have quiet time alone and spend time in rest and recovery. If you were energized and motivated and really happy and enthusiastic about your life, you would be up and running around and doing things. So uh, one of the elements is that perhaps depression is or we can't put depression all into one bucket because it can manifest and stem from certain different areas. So this is where I'm saying we have the element of the misfunctioning of the neurotransmitters in the brain. Then we have a more surface level depression, which comes from the actual thoughts within the brain and the thought pr- the thought patterns that leave, lead to negative thinking. And then we have this other element that I'm talking about, which is the body. And the body could put you in a state of depression for all sorts of reasons. One could be inflammation because the body needs that rest um, to hide away somewhere that's safe to get that rest until the body can recuperate and participate more in life. So if you were a hunter-gatherer, you couldn't just be running about or wandering about um, or functioning if your body's not functioning super well. Another element is the newer sort of research that's going into the microbiome studies, showing the link between the gut and mood and that a lot of our hormones and even neurotransmitters are created in the gut and microbiome off balance can be a factor in depression. So, 
What I was thinking of, which kind of struck me as interesting, is that there can be a physical depression and there can be a mental depression that comes from your thoughts. If you have a physical depression, it's likely that a mental depression will stem from it. But if you can stay with me for a minute, consider that you had a physical depression and it has led to a mental depression on top of it, um, having those sorts of negative thoughts and the depressed mindset. That's an added layer on top. If you remove that layer of depression, then your body is depressed and unmotivated and low mood and you're not getting a lot of dopamine. But you can have different thoughts while you're in that state. For me personally, I started cognitive behavioral therapy about 16 years ago. That's when I first discovered it, when I first started training my thoughts. I've experienced depression in different ways throughout my life and the ways that I experience it now are very different to how I used to experience it and that's partly because of that CBT, that knowing how to see my thoughts as they're happening and detach from them and not add extra layers of meaning from them. Say that you're depressed, your body's depressed, and then your mind is depressed, or even if your body's just depressed, and then you make meaning from that. You make the meaning and you say, well, this world isn't worth living in. Um, God, I should have put a trigger warning. You, you have dark thoughts, negative thoughts about your life. You feel like nothing's right. I, okay. Um, so when I, when I experience depression, low mood, I try and sit with those feelings. And even when my brain is attempting to catastrophize and tell me everything in my life is wrong and nothing's right and nothing makes me happy. And I can't remember the last time I've enjoyed something. I don't buy into that, I suppose. I don't trust it. That's not necessarily me. It's not necessarily true. This is stemming from a physical issue in my body, even a mental issue. Our thoughts are not us and thoughts are not necessarily true. And also feelings are not facts. That's another saying. Feelings are not facts. When you can learn to feel a feeling and even think a thought and not buy into it, you create so much more power over your life. I saw a psychologist once in my late teens and she taught me about secondary emotions and that really changed a lot for me because as humans, we will always have emotions. Emotions are messengers for our life, but secondary emotions are the emotions we, the emotions we put on top of the original emotion. So if we're feeling sad and then we start to feel anxious or guilty because we're feeling sad, that's a secondary emotion. If you're feeling guilty because you're sad, you're just, you're piling on top. And 
then you've got those layers that makes it harder to cope with, harder to deal with, harder to peel back and get to the core of it. If you can learn to sit with that initial emotion and deal with that, the emotion will be processed so much faster and it won't add as many complexes, uh, mental complexes onto into your thinking. Now, we can control our thinking. Um, NLP is really helpful, really useful for rewiring subconscious thinking. And it can be done. These days when I experience depression, I mostly get it um, as PMDD, so quite severe. And I was wondering why I was kind of regularly falling into these deep holes, like emotional holes, wells, deep feelings of feeling like my life wasn't okay and I was doing everything wrong and um, I think it's called dysphoria. Is it called dysphoria? Maybe. I just, sorry, I didn't mean to have a minor conversation with myself just then, but I'm pretty sure it's called dysphoria. If I've got the word wrong, it's because I'm tired, guys. Um, when this feeling when you just don't feel right with your life and um, it's really quite intense. But when I learned about PMDD and I realized that I could predict the date in my cycle when this was going to happen and just knowing that it was a bodily thing, it wasn't me having this sudden realization that I was doing everything wrong and my life was so unfulfilling and I needed to change everything and just these really intense feelings. They're really interesting actually. Um, if you've ever experienced PMDD or that dysphoria, you'll know what I mean. Now, when I experience that, I can detach from it. I can say, okay, so it's not necessarily that I'm doing these things wrong. This is probably because of PMDD. It's probably hormonal levels. And if you didn't know, ADHD women are extra sensitive to PMDD, um, to having PMDD because of um, extra sensitivity to hormone changes and specifically hormone drops. So that's something that could be interesting to dive into if you think this might relate to you. So knowing it was that, I could just write it out. So especially when I could check the date and go, oh, it's just PMDD. So I'm not going to trust any of these thoughts. I'm going to sit down. I'm going to watch a movie, snuggle up and just see if I still feel this way in a week. And then maybe I can use it as a way to move forward. Because anytime we have negative thinking, that's us paying attention to the things that we don't want in our life. So you can use it as a way to direct you towards what you do want in your life. And that's where if you're depressed, you can wallow because you're just focusing on the negative. And again, like I say, there's different forms of depression, but thinking wise, thought wise, if you're focusing on the negative, it's always going to be doom and gloom. But if you can learn to notice, well, what things am I finding negative and what would I actually prefer? You can use these negative thinking patterns as a way, maybe not the patterns, but negative thoughts as a way to analyze your life. If you're noticing the negative things that are going on, well, critique them. Try and move towards a more problem-solving 
focus rather than a problem focus. And I think that's the difference between being depressed mentally and being depressed physically because you can, like I said earlier, just feel depressed in your body, recognize that you're depressed, but not mentally be depressed. It's really weird. I've had times when I've had all the symptoms of depression and not, I haven't felt happy. I know that I'm low mood, but my thoughts have still been positive. I've still known, oh, this will pass. This too shall pass, or this will move on, or this is just temporary. Or even if I am terribly depressed right now, well, how would I like my life to look like in future? So I don't feel like this anymore. If I feel like everything's wrong, why do I feel like it's wrong? And what do I need in order to feel like it's right? And obviously, sometimes when you're depressed, there is that negative thinking. So you don't necessarily believe that things can get better. And there's all these thought traps that you can go down. But this podcast is here to say that you can start to peel back the layers. You can use therapies or even techniques you can use them on yourself like cognitive behavioral therapy like nlp like subconscious limiting belief rewiring things can get better and if you even if you do experience waves of depression your thinking doesn't necessarily need to follow it so i'm here to give you hope and to suggest that there are different ways of looking at it. Are you going to be depressed about your life and follow that path of depression and wallow? Or are you going to use that depression to find a beacon of light, find something to latch yourself onto, some beacon of hope to improve your life in even the smallest way? Just something to get you going again. And as someone with ADHD, I've gone through a lot of cycles of, you know, low dopamine and not doing good habits anymore or not doing the things that I enjoy and then having to work back up to those things. And starting small has always been the key, starting so small that it's just something to get me moving. And at the moment, I can feel my body has been tired the last few days. I've had less energy, but at the very least, I move my body in the mornings and I'm not doing my half an hour, hour long exercise routine every morning. I'm giving myself some slack. And the one thing I will do is get on the treadmill, even if it's just for five minutes. And you could choose your one thing, your one thing that you're going to hold on to that will keep you going. Maybe it's standing outside every morning. Maybe it's having a warm cup of tea in the evenings. Maybe it's smelling the flowers. Maybe it's writing down a gratitude list at the start or end of each day. Even if you don't feel it, just starting to redirect your thoughts back to a more positive state. Or maybe if you're up for it, you could even start journaling, dreaming, thinking, well, what would I like in my life, even if you don't feel it, just see, just test to see if you can think about those sorts of things. The thing about depression is that it filters your awareness. So if that filter is blocking you from doing those things, well, maybe that's not the technique to go with for now. But if you can start to slowly remove that filter, 
then you might find something that's useful and helpful for you. Now, I'm going to stop this episode here nice and short and sweet, and I'll potentially talk again on this topic later. I feel like I'm starting to go in circles a little bit. I hope I've made my point and given you something to try in your own life. Um, So we've talked about depression being bodily or mental or physically in the brain and how they can manifest in slightly different ways and be dealt with in slightly different ways. We've talked about changing negative thoughts and perhaps using NLP or CBT. We've talked about letting your thoughts be if you're feeling depressed rather than adding depressed thoughts in and trying to let go of those secondary thoughts and secondary emotions as well that come with it. And we've talked about maybe, just maybe, using a little bit of the negative focus to inform, well, what would we like with our life? If we're feeling depressed and lonely, well, maybe we could take action to seek out more company, more social time, or whatever it may be for you. And I do understand the difficulties. I'm not, I'm not trying to sugarcoat it here. But if you can, if you can start small with something, however small, even if it's just trying a fake smile because that releases dopamine, finding healthy ways to introduce um, dopamine and serotonin and endorphins as well into uh, and oxytocin into your life because depression, if it is that, okay, now I'm adding more things in. But depression, if it is due to the neurotransmitters, then that's the action that can be taken is these small little things like cuddle a dog and then oxytocin will be released. There are, you can Google it. There are so many suggestions out there. And if it is bodily depression, try to get a little bit of exercise, whatever you can do. Or maybe even do some research into microbiome stuff and inflammation as well and how our lifestyle can affect depression. It can really help deal with these things when we have hope and when we feel like we are being proactive. And again, even if you feel depressed, if your brain isn't also depressed, if if your thoughts aren't necessarily positive but, but maybe can maybe you can talk to your brain a little bit and have that focus on problem solving or just that little flicker of hope that, okay, maybe we'll try something, then then you can try something and then you can move forward, however slow that may be, however minute the steps may be. Or if it's something bigger than that, that's great too. I really hope this episode has helped giving you give you just a few ideas and suggestions and things to think about about depression and low mood and I will talk to you guys next week I don't know what the topic will be but I'll talk to you then not sure if it'll be a video or audio one either but 
I'll talk to you then, guys. Thanks for being patient with me today, tonight, as I did a little bit of a rambling podcast. And I will see you in video format sometime soon. Okay. See you next time.